And some corporations have been complaining that the bill should be paid for by the folks actually using the infrastructure improvements. As if corporations don't use roads, railways, airports, water systems, the electrical grid, waste disposal systems, etc. I have a response to this, but I try to keep this show family friendly, so I'll leave it to your imagination. Hi there, this is Gary. Welcome to episode 95 of Diary of a Senior Geek, recorded on Saturday, April 3rd, 2021, at 1340 U.S. Pacific Time. Let's get started with this week's news story. I don't watch the news! This Wednesday, March 31st, President Biden presented a massive $2 trillion infrastructure plan to improve roads, bridges, railways, and other transportation infrastructure, invest in semiconductor and medical manufacturing, build, renovate, and retrofit more than 2 million homes and housing units, repair and improve water systems, including removing 100% of the remaining lead water pipes in the country, build and upgrade schools to add better ventilation so that if there's another pandemic, uh, kids will still be able to go to school. Improve digital infrastructure to bring reliable and affordable high-speed broadband internet to 100% of the country. Invest in home care services for seniors, including increasing wages for home care workers so that they can make a living wage, hopefully without bankrupting the folks they're caring for. Invest in workforce development to retrain workers dislocated by automation and the shift to green energy. Provide job opportunities for those who were formerly incarcerated and provide apprenticeships and a career pathway programs to middle and high school students, plus job training programs at community colleges. We're figuring out that not everybody needs a four-year degree and they don't need the debt that they seem to need to pile up to get a four-year degree. So we're looking at uh, providing job training so that they can just go straight to work and make a good living. And finally, invest in research and development to upgrade the U.S.'s research infrastructure and establish the U.S. as a world leader in climate science, innovation, and research and development. The program is going to be paid for by increasing the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%. It used to be 35% before the last administration's disastrous tax cuts. The act includes measures to discourage U.S. corporations from sheltering profits overseas to avoid paying taxes. Seems fair to me. There will be an additional 15% tax on large corporations' book income. That's the income reported to investors as opposed to the income reported to the IRS. It's expected this bill will create over 15 million good-paying jobs over the next eight years. That's a lot of jobs. It's also expected that Increased revenue from improvements in productivity due to improved infrastructure, plus tax revenue from the newly employed, will also help pay for the bill over time. Eh. It's kind of amazing that now that we have an adult in charge again, Infrastructure Week is just that, not the joke it became in the last administration. President Biden has introduced a detailed plan to improve infrastructure throughout the country, plus a plan on how to pay for it. That's something that Republicans always seem to forget. He stated that he's open to negotiation on how to pay for the plan as long as it doesn't raise taxes on anyone making $400,000 per year or less. In other words, this president actually is looking out for the middle class as opposed to the last guy who only said he was. Personally, I think the limit should be more like $200,000, but that's just me. 
currently he's talking about raising the corporate tax. And some corporations have been complaining that the bill should be paid for by the folks actually using the infrastructure improvements. As if corporations don't use roads, railways, airports, water systems, the electrical grid, waste disposal systems, etc. I have a response to this, but I try to keep this show family friendly, so I'll leave it to your imagination. In keeping with my continued theme that this time we won't get fooled again, this plan could be passed via reconciliation with only Democratic votes. And apparently it'll have to be because the Senate Minority Leader, good old Mitch McConnell, has stated that he will not allow any Republicans to vote for it. Note that he didn't offer to negotiate or debate on it, he is flat out refusing to support it. This is in spite of the fact that this bill is wildly popular with U.S. voters, especially the overhauls and improvements to roads, bridges, railways, and ports, extensions of high-speed internet to all Americans, replacing lead pipes for drinking water, and tax credits for renewable energy products. Those are all very popular with the American voter. The bill becomes even more popular when the tax increase on corporations is added to it. There's links in the notes to some surveys. As I understand it, reconciliation can only be used once per budget cycle in the Senate, but because of the complete incompetence of the last administration, they didn't pass a budget during 2020. This opens the door to using reconciliation to pass a bill in the Senate twice this year, because it wasn't used last year. The recent American Rescue Plan was passed in the Senate without a single Republican vote, in spite of overwhelming bipartisan support by voters using reconciliation. I heard a commentator on MSNBC last night say that Senator McConnell has given the Democratic Party a huge gift by rejecting the new infrastructure bill out of hand. In my opinion, the Obama administration's biggest mistake was trying to get at least a few Republicans to vote for, for instance, the Affordable Care Act by watering it down, only to then have to use reconciliation to pass it because not a single Republican would vote for it. This now frees up the Democratic Party to pass the bill they want to pass without having to give anything up. It's likely that the House will pass a much larger bill because they have a larger Democratic majority and they tend to be more progressive. It's likely that the bill will need to be trimmed a bit in the Senate to please moderate Democratic senators such as Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kristen Sinema of Arizona, but since the Republicans in the Senate have agreed to vote against it in spite of what their constituents want, the bill will hopefully pass pretty much the way President Biden has presented it to the legislature. In my humble opinion, if Republicans keep allowing Democrats this type of win, their party's doomed, in spite of the systemic advantages they have in the Senate. I mean, every state gets two senators, no matter how small its population, and there are more rural states who tend to vote for Republicans. So it's very difficult for Democrats to get much of a majority in the Senate unless the Republican Party really, really screws up badly. And it looks to me like they are shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over again. But enough of that. I got an email from a listener. September McCready, my friend 9 of 12 herself, wrote to thank me for publishing the podcast and to say that she appreciates my point of view. You want a middle-of-the-show shout-out? Send me an email. It's been a while since I talked about my point of view and my philosophy of life, so let's review. I think open is better than closed. Linux is better than Unix. Wikipedia is better than Encarta or Encyclopedia Britannica. Western democracy is better than totalitarian states like the People's Republic of China or the Russian Federation. 
One thing I like to do is expose myself to lots of different points of view. It would be really easy for me to just sit and watch Chris Hayes and Rachel Maddow on MSNBC to feed my confirmation bias, but I also listen to podcasts from Justin Robert Young, Andrew Heaton, Jen Briney, plus the BBC World News, The Economist, and PBS's Up First newscast. Justin, Andrew, and Jen are pretty much equal opportunity offenders, and the folks Justin and Andrew interview are always very thoughtful and thought-provoking. I think a lot of them are majorly misguided, but they usually make good arguments and have, on occasion, caused me to change my mind or soften my position on some subjects. Just so you know, I tried watching Sean Hannity one night, but my head was ready to explode after about two minutes. He and his Fox News brethren are providing the equivalent of pure black tar conservative heroin to their audience, and it's way too rich for my blood. I don't know, maybe I'm getting the liberal equivalent of on MSNBC, but to me it appears that primetime Fox News, Newsmax, and OANN are mostly selling fear, anger, and hate, while the primetime folks on MSNBC are looking at conservative annex with bemused amazement, especially Rachel Maddow. She laughs a lot during her program. As near as I can tell, there's not a lot of laughter on the conservative channels. That's another thing I like about the triad of Justin, Andrew, and Jen. They have a sense of humor about what's going on in the world, and I think that's important. On a related note, I think consistency of thought is for lazy thinkers. You need to be ready to rethink your positions as new information becomes available. This is why I'm allergic to anything that smacks of organized religion, for instance Christianity, Judaism, Islam, and the Republican Party as currently constituted. I think most folks just want to live their lives as best they can on a level playing field. One-on-one, -on -one, most folks are generous and kind. There are exceptions, but they are in the minority, the very small minority. I think that most politicians that have been in office for more than a few years have completely lost touch with the views and concerns of the average American citizen, especially at the state and national level. This applies to both parties. I have no idea how to fix this. Term limits haven't worked very well where they've been implemented. I just think it would be nice if folks in the legislative, executive, and judicial branches were forced to take a periodic sabbatical where they have to work for a living and please a boss while figuring out how they're going to pay for housing, food, transportation, children, college, and still save for their retirement. I say this as a 71-year-old aging hippie with a disabled adult child living at home. She's receiving social security disability and is on Medicare, but she's not getting enough to live outside of our house. And we like having her around. I'm trying to figure out how we got here. I worked at good paying jobs for nearly 50 years. We did what we were supposed to do. We contributed to 401ks. We bought a house in a nice neighborhood. We limited our spending, delayed gratification. We drove old paid for cars. We took some nice vacations, but we tended to travel in the off season and stay in lower cost accommodations to keep our costs down. A lot of times, we just stay with relatives. And yet, I'm about to go back to work full-time in a Disneyland parking lot because, in spite of doing everything, quote, right, we're looking at a pretty meager retirement compared to my parents. That being said, we're in a lot better shape than a lot of folks our age. And I suspect folks in their 30s, 40s, and 50s today will be in even worse shape than we are unless some drastic changes are made in the way people work, how they get paid, and how they can save for the future, and changes need to be made soon. Finally, I think we need to give each other a break. Try not to assume malice where 
Simple misunderstanding, ignorance, or incompetence may explain what's going on. I know it's hard to be the bigger person, over and over and over, but it's the only way we're going to survive. Be the bigger person. Enough of that. Well, well I, 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 I... Quote of the week. There are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is though everything is a miracle. Albert Einstein said that. I try to look at everything as being a miracle. And now for something completely different. This week's joke. Two guys in a boat. The third guy says to the second guy, What am I doing here? Tom Merritt told that joke on a recent Good Day Internet podcast. He says it's his favorite joke, and now I think it might be mine. It's kind of surreal. Just so you know, Good Day Internet is the free and post show wrapped around the podcast Daily Tech News Show, and it's available to Patreon supporters of DTNS. If you have any interest in the latest in tech, I recommend it. You can find it at patreon.com slash DTNS. Or search for Daily Tech News Show on your favorite podcatcher to get the ad-supported version. Ah! There are links to the web pages I used to research today's script in the show notes. I encourage you to check them out. The music in this episode is all from the website freepd.com. It's managed and maintained by a guy by the name of Kevin McLeod. And he also writes and performs and provides quite a bit of the free music. He's got a Patreon page at uh, patreon.com slash K-M-A-C-L-E-O-D. That's K-McLeod. If you want to support him, there's a link in the notes. The intro and outro music this week is Inventing Flight by Brian Tech. B-R-Y-A-N-T-E-C-H. The editorial music bed is Be Chillin' by Alexander Nakarada. My Patreon page, as I'm sure you've heard me say many, many times, is patreon.com slash seniorgeek. If you can, pledge at least $2 a month. Once again, to Sam Coulter and Greg Valen for their continued support. And if you want me to give you a shout-out, pledge. If you don't want to mess with setting up a Patreon account, you can send me a buck or two on Venmo. My Venmo ID is at seniorgeek49. If you have an Apple device, open the podcast app, search for Diary of a Senior Geek, and rate it five stars or whatever you think it's worth. You have no idea how much that helps get the word out about this podcast. And please send me feedback at seniorgeek49 at gmail.com. It really tickles me when I get feedback. That's it for this week. Uh, that's great. Listen, you're a real hoot. Wear a mask and keep your distance when you're out in public. Black Lives Matter. As I've said, be the bigger person, even if it hurts. Listen more than you talk. Occasionally consider that you might be wrong. And remember, you are going to be okay. This is Gary Fisher for Diary of a Senior Geek. Peace. Up next, the masterful performance of Mayor Poot Buttigieg in his Senate confirmation hearing this morning. I meet you tonight under the moon. Oh, I can see you now. You and the moon. You wear a necktie, so I'll know you.